0: Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music today on the podcast, episode 138. My good friend, colleague, and business expert, Michelle Marquardt DeVoe, is joining me, and we are reflecting back on this incredible year and looking forward to what may come. A wonderful conversation, lots of strategies for your teaching studio. Right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello there. Welcome. And thank you so much for checking out the Full Voice Podcast. I hope wherever you are, you are having a fantastic day. Today's episode. If you are listening to this podcast at time of release, it is mid March, and we have just passed the one year mark to when the pandemic was declared, and all of us and all of our studios, all of our lives were changed forever. And I wanted to take this opportunity, and I've invited my dear friend, colleague, and business expert, Michelle marquardt Devoe to join me in reflecting on where we were a year ago and where we are today and how we have changed and pivoted in some of the struggles along the way. If anybody can inspire you, to grow your business and to create a studio uh, and a voice teaching business that you love. It is our good friend, Michelle, and she uh, has a wonderful, wonderful way of, of making the business part of our lives a little less stressful. So I'm, I'm thrilled that she could be here. Now, before I invite her onto the show, I want to send a virtual hug to you, the listener, I know that this has been an incredible year. Uh, It's been very challenging for all of us. And for some people, it's been unbearably difficult. And wherever you are, and wherever your business is right now, I want you to know that um, there are people out there that can help you that can support you. And I hope that you are able to reach out to people if you need that support. And in that In saying that, I just want to I just want to just clarify that if this past year has completely devastated you and you are not ready to reflect on what was a a challenging year um, and if that's just not where you were at. I respect that, and I would encourage you not to listen to this this episode, and perhaps uh, there's a better time for you to, to listen to this conversation. And that being said, um, Michelle and I are in our usual way. We, we have some funny uh, little... Uh, <laughs> we go off on some tangents, and there's some really uh, reflective, wonderful things in this conversation. So my friends and colleagues, wherever you are at, I, I see you and I, I, I honor you and I celebrate you. For those of you that have worked so hard this past year, that have pivoted your students, that have changed your offerings, congratulations and just I hope you can take a few moments to celebrate in your own way the accomplishments through this challenging time and for those of you who are feeling a little discouraged know that there are brighter times ahead and there is light at the end of the tunnel and just to keep working towards your goals and and I'm, I'm sending you a virtual hug from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada and uh, I, hope that, I hope that this next year has much more for you and much more prosperity and joy and love. And that being said, I'm going to welcome Michelle onto the show. And I just wanted to let you know that my husband, whenever he leaves the studio and I am recording interviews, he likes to remind me in, in, an, an, in an obnoxious way not to forget to turn on the record button. So, without further ado, I pressed record. Michelle, I pressed record. Did you press record? I did.
1: Is it picking up my voice on your it end? Is.
0: I see little pictures of voice waves on my screen.
1: Voice waves on see, your that's screen. A nice one.
0: They tell you it's working, <laughs> right? Okay, are ready? Right, here we go. Yep. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. And I guess Happy New Year, kind of, because I haven't talked to you for a while. Michelle marquardt Devoe. how are you? I am great.
1: <laughs> Happy New Year to you, Ms. Nickelone. Oh, it's
0: How's so the fam-bam? How are the kiddies? Oh, uh, my kiddo. Well, he's down the hall. He's doing his remote learning. And I want to shout out to all the teachers out there, the school teachers that are doing remote learning. I We are so Bless. lucky. My son, she probably would never listen to this podcast, but Mrs. Purdy is rocking it. She has made learning online fun. She, my son is having an amazing year. And I know I'm, I'm not going to apologize. I know there's people out there struggling, but mm-hmm. uh, we're making it work. It's working for us. My son is having actually a really good year. And I'm really tired of spelling words for him, but we taught him how to ask Google how to spell
1: words. (laughs) I love it. Uh, that's That's the modern day version. I remember when I was little and I'd be like, mom, how do you spell, insert a word. And my parents would say, you know where the dictionary is. Right. And, and now they we... would like make me go over to the bookshelf and get the dictionary. <laughs> so, this is the current version. You know how to Google that. Do you want me to
0: Google that for you? Right. That's usually right? what is, that's usually what's screamed down the hall. So, hey, Siri, how do you spell? Pretty much. So, Sean's recording studio, the full voice office, and my teaching studio are literally the back hall of our church and all the doors all the doors stay open so we can communicate so we just yell out into the hall to each (laughs) other so sean will be recording something he'll have a question about one of the tracks he'll go i need can you come in here and i and then i'll hear my son you know watching youtube and i'll be like hey that's youtube you better not be on youtube And we just yell down the hall, which is unfortunate for Pastor Mike, whose office is down the other (laughs) hall and uh, often has to. And then, of course, all the music that comes out from the hall I mean, from all the kids' songs and the church songs. And it's quite something. It's quite an energy here.
1: (laughs) I love it. We just have our son set up in one room. We're also, school district is complete learning online learning Mm -hmm. son set up in one room and his learning station daughter set up at the other learning station. And, um, it's actually really entertaining Mm. to kind of eavesdrop on their conversations. I would like to give a shout out to another teacher who would never listen to this podcast. (laughs) And that is Mrs. Durfield, who is my daughter's teacher. I mean, my son's teacher is doing everything she can. She's, you know, it's not awful or horrible or anything, but my daughter's teacher has really taken it to the next level. Wow. And I, I am so impressed with her. I hear this every once in a while when I'm typing and doing my admin work where all of a sudden I hear her go, children, 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 cameras on, it's on time. (laughs) And I'm like, I love this woman, but she's totally she's totally embraced it. And that's such an interesting thing, because I know that a lot of teachers are really struggling, but it's Mm. it's encouraging and it's empowering, which I think we're going to talk about today Mm -hmm. when you are able to switch your mindset, switch your model Mm-hmm. And really embrace the new thing, and that's what Mrs. Durfield has done. So shout out to Mrs. Pur-
0: Purdy, 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 Is that what you yep. said, Jessica Purdy.
1: And shout out to Mrs. Erica Durfield, Ugh. who are our small children's online online
0: teachers. distance learning
1: teachers who are rocking it.
0: Ugh. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so glad to hear that. I I I just hear so many people with the 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 not so positive stories, and I and i'm like i'm thankful i'm I'm thankful that you know you know I, Sean and I were talking like we've been self-employed forever, and we always mm-hmm. had, we always had struggles being self-employed right like so we had to put our lives into you know we had to do things within our lives to set things up for success for a self-employed person and I have to say that was wonderful preparation for a pandemic, yeah, right yeah, like,
1: absolutely it's i do. I do. So I'm so thankful that I mean, I've been working, like you said, self-employed and coincidentally just working from home in addition to like co-working spaces and stuff. Mm -hmm. But my office in my home for, gosh, 10, 15 years Mm -hmm. and it really did help uh, grease some of those wheels. Absolutely. You know, it's fun. It was funny, though, to watch my husband have to adjust. Oh, because he's a work outside of the home person. Mm. And it was, he was like, this is, it's so, how do you get anything done? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Welcome. And I was like, it was great though. Cause I, I remember one family meeting. We have family meetings every week, Love everybody that. out there. If you don't have family meetings every week, it is a must. Mm. Um, it'll change your family. It'll be amazing. Um one family meeting, he's like, I just don't know how you do it. And I was like, I would love to share my strategies with you. (laughs) And he's like, I would love that. And so it was nice to be able to like give my support, my husband in his work by actually giving him some like tangible strategies and resources around being a successful work from home while your kids are in the background person. Yeah. Which I had learned just because that was the life I chose, you know, we chose for my life and I chose for my life. So right. that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Wow. I love I love hearing that. That that is so that's so uplifting. Now, are you highly irrelevant? <laughs> no, no. I you know what? I disagree. I think it's very irrelevant cuz our conversation today is basically it's been a year. It's been a year mm. since since all of us shut down and the, the rugs were pulled out from under us. We all had to pivot. We all had to hunker down. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a really interesting time to maybe reflect on where you were and where you are now. Uh, are you progressing? Mm -hmm. Are you stuck? Um, are you able to pivot and continue to grow? Um, do you need help? What's you know? I think it's a it's a good place to, to kind of reflect and and plan. So yeah, so here so we're gonna do this thing. So a year ago today, what did your what did your private studio look like?
1: My private studio
0: mm-hmm.
1: was half online, half in person. Mm-hmm. So local people were coming in six, seven a week, Mm -hmm. I think a couple days a week. I think I had like truncated it to just two different, two days a week. Um, I was attending concerts of my students, Mm. attending shows of my students. Yes. I was one, I had a couple students that were at this one high school and I was regularly going in and doing workshops there. Mm. With them, fantastic little program up in um, up the up the hill from where we live. I was creating. Oh, we were recording Nat's videos. Like my oh. my students had gotten into the finals, the mm-hmm. video round of finals, mm-hmm. which was like so fancy, right? <laughs> um, and I also had my online studio because I've been teaching online for a really long time anyway. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, <laughs> actually about a year ago, <laughs> right now, literally I was on an interview mm. with VoiceLessons.com. We did like one of the Facebook live interviews, right? yeah. very, by the way, really some really fun information happens mm-hmm. on, on that feed. And I think they do it every Thursday or whatever, yeah, but I've watched
0: many of the, uh, Yeah. Seco member
1: Maddie Tarbox was just on there last week talking about mix and belt and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. Anyway, this is so vivid to me because it's so ironic now. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Or poetic justice. I'm not sure which Mm -hmm. Uh, we it was Matt and Mike and I and we were talking about the benefit of online lessons Right. We like we had this whole interview where we were talking about voicelessons.com And, you know, there was no such sound jack and jack with all trades and,
0: yep. you yeah. know, whatever it is, <laughs>
1: sound But whatever you pick, that was not even a conversation. And I so vividly remember in that interview, there was this one person who was just a troll. Oh. Like they were so mean and rude and condescending and it'll never work. And I mean, to the point where there was like ad hominem attacks where like comments had to be deleted Oh no. and that person had to be blocked. They were so like trolly on the oh. idea that online lessons would never be a thing. By the <laughs> way, it would never be a thing. It would never catch on. It would always be less than and worse than. Mm-hmm. And that any person, I remember this any person selling online lessons was um like it was a racket they were like a charlatan oh man and literally a month later wow. we all had to go online and you want to know the same person mm. this same person a month later was all like i'm so good at online lessons look at this thing i found to do and it, the complete change of tune (laughs) and it was like oh that's how it is okay but that's where we were a year ago online lessons was a huge debate
0: right it was a debate
1: if it should even happen so nikki what about you where was your private studio one year ago
0: oh okay so my studio was all in person with the exception of snow days or bad weather days. And in that case, I would do uh, an online lesson. Now, I'd only done that with a handful of my students. It, but it was, we had a really bad year a couple of years ago where there was like 17 snow days. So, right, I know, yeah, talking to the woman who lives in California. Um, but uh, no, I, it, was, it was 100%. In person, my littles and my families, um, and I have a family friendly studio. Everybody would come to the studio. We had amazing uh, in person recitals. See, I actually have to define it now as in person recitals. Right. right. Um, and my kids got to do, they got to sing with a band. So the praise band that we use at our church, they would they would play for my students. Um, uh, we were doing workshops. We had recording sessions for like full voice projects. We used our sanctuary. There was so much music in our sanctuary, um, and I just and we were planning. We had just started to organize and plan a big project that was kind of in conjunction with my teaching studio and with full voice music where my students were, were learning some of the new Donna Rodenizer songs and they were all going to have an opportunity to come into the recording studio and do a recording session. Wow. And we were so excited and all the kids they were working so hard. And of course that project had to be canceled and yeah, that's that's where my studio was. Um, I think I used Skype. Like if I had You to, did use Skype. I, I remember use, you using Skype. <laughs> I used Skype for my lessons cuz that's what I did and it was it was yeah. fine. I didn't I didn't I actually appreciated the online lessons when we had to do them, like because of weather. I mm-hmm. I found mm-hmm. popping into their homes and seeing how they were set up or more accurately how they were not set up was very helpful. And seeing yeah. and getting them to actually sing in their homes was super helpful because it was obvious that a lot of them weren't doing a lot of singing in their homes. But yeah, that's where my studio was. It was, uh, it was face to face and... Yep, and uh, I had had kind of, I'm glad that I did this because we were starting to get the warnings, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. beginning of March, the news is getting a little bleaker and the warnings were coming out and I casually had mentioned to my studio, if things get a little, if we're worried about, You know, the numbers and everything. And if we do go into kind of, you know, more red alert areas, then we'll Mm -hmm. do online lessons. And I and all I said was, don't worry. (laughs) I've done them before and they work fine. And I'm so glad because it was literally we had the March break. And at the end of the March break, they shut everything down. So I,
1: I remember so it was March 5th. I was in Los Angeles oh. on set recording the self-guided version of oh, how to run that. your voice studio.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I get the text from my husband. Oh. Kids got pulled out of school next week and on. And I'm like, what? And we were the first school district in California to shut down. And oh, I remember wow. like on the news, it was like, are they the smartest or are they the stupidest? Oh my You know, God. like, <laughs> you know, that kind of like, they either did something really smart or they just ruined their lives, you know, whatever. Wow. And um, I remember I put my phone down and I talked to the crew, you know, there's the director there and the camera, um, you know, director of photography and the camera guy. And I was like, dude, this is like getting real. My kids just got pulled out of school next week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they, and I remember everyone in the room, we were just all kind of like silent and yeah. looking at each other. And it just felt like, oh, wow, this is like, this is real now.
0: See, in Canada, well, here in Ontario, so we, it was March 11th that mm-hmm. the, everything shut down. Like they canceled the Junos and all of that stuff. And I, the only reason I remember it is because remember I, I had surgery. I was in the hospital. Yes.
1: I remember. So
0: I was, I had just had a, a hysterectomy and I'm in the hospital in recovery and you get news, right? You get free TV. And I kept going from Canadian <laughs> oh news to American news. <laughs> oh no. And I'm like pretty sedated. And I'm like, Oh man, really bad things are happening right now. And then our government was like, well, we're going to let the kids stay in school until the Friday. So the 11th was the Wednesday. We're going to let the kids stay <sighs> in school and then we'll extend the March break as if it was going to be like a two week or three. I know. Thing. Oh, Lord. I know. And I think that's what threw people like. We just kept thinking, OK, it's going to it's going to go away in a couple of Six weeks, weeks and we'll be back. Right. Yeah. And and that and, and again, so I think when I jumped into the the online lessons, I was like, oh, this is just temporary. And then, you know, the weeks kind of keep creeping on and you're like, well, you know, maybe I should upgrade my my, uh, you know, maybe I should get that that standing desk. Maybe maybe I should get that ring light because it seems yeah. like I'm going to be here for a while.
1: Yeah, right? I remember and I remember saying that to Speakeasy Nikki, where I was like, y'all, I don't know if it was speakeasy or I think it was the how to run people where I was like, y'all, this is not like this isn't going to be over in two months. This is like two, two years, three Mm -hmm. years. And their faces were just like, "No," and I was like, it's okay. Like, the good news is, is if you look at it like it's going to be that you will set up your business now. For that to be sustainable. And then mm-hmm. you'll have, and then if it's less, you'll have back and forth options and you'll be able to serve more people across the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, act like this is going to be forever. Mm-hmm. And then you've immediately added another way that you can deliver your services.
0: See, that's really interesting. Cause one of the things I think was very helpful. And one of the decisions I made is when we went online, I stayed online, even though like Ontario and a lot of teachers went back to in-person lessons with like Mm -hmm. health protocols. I just kept it consistent Because I mean, like they were talking about the second wave, like, you know, we weren't even through the first wave and they were like, there's going to be a second wave. And I'm like, I am not going to flip flop back and forth between in person and and online lessons. I'm going to keep it consistent so that my families can get used to it so I can get used to it. So, you know, and, and I'm really glad I made that decision because I know that when we hit the second lockdown, here mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. after christmas we did second full on lockdown i know that some some teachers went through the whole well well people are going to quit again so so they went back yeah. to online or they went back yeah. to in person and then yeah. they had to go back online and that change was too much and they lost a bunch of students so i'm, I'm happy that i made that decision um about just being consistent. And I think you and I are the same. I kind of like plan for the worst, but hope for the best.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, well, in my Clifton, I think we both in our Clifton strengths profile have strengths that set us up to do that. You right. know, like I have restorative and arranger mm. and those are two like Clifton strengths that are very much about like what could go wrong and right? how can we avoid it and make it easier. <laughs> so like, well, And, um, and I know, think you have some too. So
0: I do. And, and I've been like, again, going back to being self-employed, I literally have been squirreling away emergency funds yeah, and things absolutely. like forever. So when, so when, uh, So when, like, Sean was like, oh, my gosh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I have been preparing for this my entire life. We have, (laughs) you have no idea how much money I have hidden all around the country in little, in little treasure chests. (laughs) Treasure chests. It's time to go on an adventure. It's buried in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did, I did feel, I did feel kind of like, oh, no." like of course you know there was a lot of there was a lot of anxiety there's a lot of worry but I was also like you know what no I have the emergency funds I've got things in place we have things in place so good and we're okay so and I, and I and for those people listening that didn't have that or didn't feel that prepared again it's been a tough year for all of us and um but I want to talk about I want to talk about how you've pivoted and what's changed, and how did like how did things change for you? So a year ago, you were half online, half in in person,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you
0: went all on. So what changed for you?
1: Well, a couple things changed. Obviously, went all online. Yes, and I I actually let go of a bunch of students mm. because I had to make the decision. So remember, I also had the like the contrast, right? Like I knew what a committed online student was like. Sure. And I knew um, the mindset of a committed online student Mm -hmm. and I knew um, what they were doing to kind of keep themselves motivated and committed in order to have successful online. Mm -hmm. So when I saw the weight of of that shift and that mindset shift happen in a couple of my students that did not have the capacity to Mm -hmm. handle that shift, Mm -hmm. I said, I think you need to take a break. Nice. Everyone is doing online right now. Cause at the time everyone had to do online. We were like in complete lockdown. We're not in complete lockdown now, but um, I am like you, I'm staying consistent online. Mm -hmm. So, you know, why don't we just end the contract? Cause you know, we had contracts till the end of the school year or something. Sure. And then take the summer off Mm -hmm. and just your job over the summer is to sing for fun.
0: Nice.
1: And if you, if you find yourself singing for fun and you're still, you still want to sing and it's the the act of singing that brings you joy, not the desire for performance or the Mm. desire for feedback. And not that those things aren't real, but like if, if there's really a self motivation to continue to become a better singer, call me.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Hmm. And in, in the fall. And if there's not, call me anyway, and I will, I'll pass you off to someone who works with students that have a different kind of outlook on lessons. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I re I let some people go and it was, it was not, it, it was because the in-person experience for them meant something very different oh. because of why they were there. Right. Right. So in my local area, I mean, I'm sure you have this too, Nikki, where, and many teachers out there will probably relate to this is like, when you're, when you're kind of like that rock star teacher in your area, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: people want to be in your studio just to say they're in your studio. Uh. And I'm usually really good at vetting those people And they do show up and they do do their work and they do everything that they say they're going to do. But when you really pull away all of the things, all of the reasons why they say they're there, Mm are they still going to show up for themselves and sing? And some of it is because they're kids and they're young adults and they're going through their own things. So there's no judgment on that. Right. I just released them because I was like, this is not helping them. Right. And it's a waste of their parents' money but it was all, all under 18s at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a waste of their parents' money and it's a waste of time for Mm -hmm. both of us because it wasn't even serving as, It wasn't even serving as like the weekly thing that kept them together. I'm saying that because I had two students that transferred online and for over, for over six months, we did not sing at all. Wow. That literally that lesson, they were ready to go online and they were ready. They were not ready to sing, but they were like, Michelle is, you know, I bring, I bring to my lessons, a level of personal development, life coaching, all that kind of thing Mm -hmm. based. That's just part of what I offer. Mm -hmm. And both of them were like, I don't want to sing. I want you to help me through this. Wow. And we pivoted the scope of service to more like life coaching and planning out life and scheduling and structuring and accountability to stay on top of Um, college work and to stay Mm. on top of commitments to self. We, we just pivoted what happened in the lesson. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's why I point out that there were two different kinds of responses. One was a a release and the other was like change the scope of service and we're starting to sing again and all of Mm -hmm. that. And then, um, and then I've continued like the people who are always online, just continue to book and I see them
0: Mm -hmm.
1: whatever. And we, sing and all of that (laughs) you know what I mean like there that difference is not in the singing it's in Mm -hmm. okay where are we looking for opportunities to perform how Mm -hmm. are we doing live streaming are we getting you know like that kind of pivot is more about like the business side of how to get paid to perform right but it's not anything really with the lesson
0: can we just can we just acknowledge that that it's not easy to to one let students go that's no a, it was that's a huge insecurity for so many teachers like when we lose hmm. a student or a student quits it is it is a profoundly personal experience it's hard One hundred percent. can we just can like i mean you're you talk about it in a business way but i it was difficult was it not to say goodbye to the to the student. Oh,
1: yes. Of course. It always triggers that little piece of us that says I'm letting someone down mm. if I don't show up for them. Right. And you have I had to get to a point where it's like I'm letting them down if I continue to let them pay me and show up and be miserable at this.
0: Uh, I like, think that's helpful. I think if that if you spin it like, well, not spin it, but if you pivot your thinking like that. Right? And
1: that I think that's hard. Right.
0: I think also
1: when you are in a financial place where letting go of a student feels very scary, Mm -hmm. um, it stops you from making Mm -hmm. big, important decisions like that fear that that slot won't be filled again.
0: And I think, too, one of the things that came up for a lot of teachers is that just it wasn't it wasn't necessarily about their abilities as a teacher. It was just the environment or the location yes. in which they taught was like, if yes. you were a teacher and you were teaching in a school and the school is now shut down and you didn't have face-to-face conversations with parents. And now you're trying to wrangle all these students to get them to study with you online. Yes. You weren't, you weren't set up for that transition. It, 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 it's understandable that you would have lost a profound amount of students.
1: Yeah, like, I I mean, this goes to kind of why, why are teachers so quick to like, take these things personally,
0: Mm.
1: you know, like what is going on, um, what is going on in our psyche that we immediately connect our abilities to other people's decisions. If someone is saying, I'm not getting anything out of this, that's not, they're not saying I'm not getting anything out of you and you're a horrible person. They're saying I'm hurting I'm confused, I'm not happy, and, and I need to draw a boundary around my time and my money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think a lot of people left lessons because the reason they were there in the first place was no longer aligned with the heavy, heavy weight of what they were experiencing mm-hmm. as, as being in a pandemic society. Right. I mean, we all know the data. Well, I don't know if we all know, but there's a lot of data coming out right now about the, the mental health impact mm-hmm. of this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's real. Absolutely. So if you were successful over the last year, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's like, you can't take it personally either way. You can't oh, be like, I'm so amazing. I survived the pandemic And you also can't be like, I'm a horrible person. I didn't survive the, whatever, you know, Um, because part of that would have happened Mm -hmm. with or without a pandemic, like part of your attrition, part of your success. It doesn't matter. It's more how you approach a situation and your teaching and how you set things up and all of that. But it's, it's kind of, the pandemic is just a, um, <laughs> yeah. do you remember when I used to say the pandemic just puts everything on cocaine, right? Like it just intensifies everything. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yes. Uh, wh- who was it? I can't remember. It was, the comment was, you know, whatever's happening was, was, was always there. It was like, what yes. was lying underneath, right? Like it was yes. always there. It's just, it's just now it's, it's, it's magnified. Yes,
1: yeah. So to the point of pivoting, which I know is what we're kind of chatting about today. I think the first step of pivoting is kind of what we're doing right now. And it, and it's reflection mm-hmm. on what was, reflection on what is, and decisions about what will be. You can't pivot until you know what, until you are extremely clear on what you are pivoting from. Mm-hmm. Cause then it's not a pivot. Then it's just kind of like meandering. <laughs>
0: <Right>? <laughs> I'll just wander over here.
1: And- I just well, might try this. Now, to be fair, I spent a lot of my business life very early on meandering. And how much of, how many of us do that? Like, oh, I'll try this. Maybe this will yeah, work or, absolutely. you know, okay. Well, that seems like a good idea at the time, <laughs> you know, and there's sure. not really a strategy behind it. You can learn, I learned a ton from doing that. And mm-hmm. One of the things I learned after doing that for many years was that, I could make a lot more money and be a lot happier if I didn't do it like that so much, right? (laughs) Like if I intentionally meandered instead of like kind of "Ah," went with the flow. Um, I do think you need to go with the flow time though, right? And you still have to be able to go with the flow within the parameters of your plan, obviously. Mm -hmm. But reflection, right? What was working and what didn't work over the last year? What worked and what didn't? And it's not, I think, depersonalizing it, right? Like we were just saying, is so important. Like, great. My tech was fine. Mm -hmm. Could it be better? Yeah. Do I want to make it better? Yes, I do. Okay, what do I have to do in order to do that? I need this amount of money, which means I need to create something or either raise my, right, I got to find that money or make Mm -hmm. that money or go for a grant or you know, wait for somebody to bequeath it upon me. I mean, like, mm-hmm. however the money comes. Right. And then um, where, where you're at today, what's not working? What's mm. not working?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes it's your entire business model that's not working. right? You know, it's, it's interesting because in, in Speakeasy, we have so many people who are like, if I had not transitioned to tuition-based pricing, mm-hmm. If I had not transitioned to subscription-based, commitment-based business model, I don't know what I would be doing. I wouldn't be making any money right now. Like, right. But people were committed. They had signed contracts. And so for heck or high water, they were showing up. Right. Um, and I'm like, and then the teachers had time. To adjust. And it became more relational with the students because they were able to kind of like get through it together mm-hmm. because the commitment was already there. Right. So that's right. that's an example of like where it, where is your model working for you now?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And where is it not working for you now? And how is it serving your people not just right. you. And when I say not working for you, I mean like your business, which really means, is it working for your clients? Is it working for your students? Is it working for the parents? And is it working for you?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nikki, how much do you think your ability to retain was because you have a tuition model?
0: Honestly? Well, of course, honestly. The reason I, okay, honestly, so uh, I didn't lose anybody, but yeah. when, but the reason for that. Is, is, I mean, I would have, re- I would have glad, I would have released anybody. I, you know, if I, I had, sure, sure. right? Mm-hmm. The reason that I believe my studio was consistent is because I have a family friendly studio and I have really good relationships with my parents. Uh, my teaching studio, when it was in person, had a comfortable seating area where parents, were always welcome and if they didn't want to be in the lesson I had a little waiting room just outside of it but doors were always open I talked to families I'm I like my connection with my families and like I know both mom's and dad's names they know me I talked to them um, there was a few families that I was worried about and I called them and I said, yeah, let, let me walk you through the tech. I know, I know there's a lot going on, but I'm here to help you. And I also, I also was, I also th- put it out there that, you know, if financially your family is stuck, I will continue to teach your child let them come. Let me, let me keep them busy for 45 minutes. Let me make them smile. You know, there's so many things changing. Their voice lesson doesn't have to change. They still see me. They still have fun. So I don't know whether it was my tuition-based, uh, although I have to say, like, that is, I wouldn't ever, never in a million years would I not ever have a tuition-based or a subscription-based type of service. But that, that was why I retained was yeah i like i mean i was there Mm -hmm. for the families and i talked to the parents and my squirrely parents that were really stressed out i held their hands virtually yeah and and i i just they always know that i'm an ally to their kid like i'm always there always i think i love that
1: I think the tuition, if you're brand new to something, thinking about switching to something like a recurring, because this is essentially recurring revenue. So whether right. it's tuition based, it's commitment based and recurring revenue. So mm-hmm. whether it's subscription or tuition and it requires some commitment, it sets you up to develop that relationship. Yes, because that I would from, agree with you. From yeah. the get go, you are saying we are in a long term committed mm-hmm you know we we have both agreed there's a an agreement yes that yep. we are doing this thing together for a long period of time yep. um long being whatever it could be 3 months or 6
0: months or a year but mm-hmm. um
1: whereas drop ins communicate- yeah drop ins you would
0: never have that relationship ever mm-hmm. it, it would be just it would be not as mm-hmm. as I think yeah. you you would, the teacher might think
1: that but this, is, this goes back to expectations versus agreements, right? Mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So what, what the models, what the recurring revenue models offer is the agreement on both sides that we are committed to this thing. Yes. What consistent drop-ins, even if they're weekly drop-ins, even if they're weekly and they're billed per month, still the teacher can have an, does not have an expectation of that person continuing.
0: Right. Right. And they can leave at any time.
1: They could leave at any time or the, the client certainly doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then maybe what happens is, OK, well, this person's been dropping in consistently or doing weekly lessons consistently for two years. So therefore, we are in a committed relationship. <laughs> and it's like, well, maybe you are and maybe you're not. There's actually no real agreement there. hmm. And then what happens when the student is like, well, I can't do this anymore. Bye. Then right. there's a deep a sadness and a disappointment and a hurt because, you know, the the expectation was, but you're coming every week. It's like, right, but you're not committed to the process. You're coming every week, but we're not in agreement that you're committed to the process. Right. And it's it's interesting because. You know, when we talk about these business models and stuff, we say, well, what are the benefits of them? And I, and I always, I usually lead with money because that's the thing that's the biggest pain point, right? Like recurring revenue, you need to know how much is coming in and going, you know, all of that. But really it's a, for me, it's a pedagogy reason. Mm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Tuition and subscription is about solid pedagogy and being in agreement that this takes time. Right. That is the other reason. That's the other thing you have to think about in this last year. Right. If you're deciding about a pivot is like, is what I am doing now lining up with a pedagogy
0: that Mm -hmm. accommodates our current situation? Okay. so here's an interesting here's an interesting observation. So when the pandemic hit a few months into it, full voice saw a huge increase in traffic to the website and sales. And a lot of it came from performance-based teachers who no longer had performance outlets to prepare students. And now we're looking, well, if we can't prepare you for the performance, then maybe we'll learn some music theory and some other things.
1: Yeah. Which, okay. I, definitely fall into the performance based teaching
0: mm-hmm.
1: category that's why people come to me they come sure. to me so they can be amazing performers and i will say it is it that was one of the things that i had to have a sit down with every student that that i kept and was like this isn't going to work if the only reason why you're here is to perform mm-hmm. i help you perform we do right. that sure but if you if you're not ready to keep make that sustainable. And mm-hmm. that's why some of them were like, then I can't sing right now because I don't have a reason.
0: Ah, And I think that's and I'm what like, a lot of teachers. That's thought, honest. Right? That's
1: honest. That's real. Great. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's keep going. And then we're singing again because now, you know, there are more online uh, um, outlets to sing and, mm-hmm. you know, different people are now doing their competitions or their auditions or whatever. Online colleges are still yeah. Taken. I mean, they're still taking applicants and now yeah. it's all pre-screen video, you know, kind of stuff. So there mm-hmm. are still places to, um, for under 18s or under 21s to be out there. Sure. Um, but I think that's a big thing too. Right. I, I have definitely increased my, mu- my, just my musicality musicianship work with mm-hmm. my younger students for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, And we can, I mean, we can have like a pedagogy debate around, should I have done that in the first place and da, 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 but I had pivoted, you know, that's another pivot I did several years ago where I was like, listen, go to someone else for musicianship, go to someone else for music theory. My best work is in coaching you and getting you to make sounds efficiently, healthy, healthily and effectively Mm -hmm. that everybody else cannot make yet. (laughs) Like, yeah. so let's just work on what I'm good at and what you want to be good at. And here are three names of people to get your musicianship up to snuff, because the reality is, if it's not up to snuff, you're not having a performance career anyway. So you got to do the work, but let's just not do it with me.
0: And that, um, yeah, and that's I, I, again, I think that goes to the whole recognizing that we don't need to be teaching all the things like we need to find our special sauce and that's what we serve is our special sauce and our strengths and, and uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's hard though, because I mean, what singer, what singer and performer out there, including you and I, I would dare say, uh oh, doesn't sing because there's that special, there's that special relationship you have with an audience. Oh, Avenue. I mean, that's a relationship,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I mean, I miss that relationship so much.
0: Mm-hmm. I miss mm-hmm. singing
1: for people I miss um I miss sitting on the stool and singing in the microphone and like saying a line out of like a flirty song and like looking at that like ninety year old dude <laughs> you know what I mean, and like winking, yeah, and then yeah. like um <laughs> and then like or singing another song that maybe is like a little jab at men and like, you know, uh, raising my eyebrows a little bit to like <laughs> the cute couple in the back to the woman or something, you know, right. yep. or um, I just miss that relationship you have with an audience. Mm-hmm. And I, that is what I am very much looking forward to doing. You know, Nikki, that we literally built a stage in my backyard mm. two months before Mm-hmm the pandemic hit. And, um, I just look at that thing and I was like, well, there's a giant concrete slab of nothing, (laughs) but, but you know, when it, when it's time, I am going to do, I'm, i think I'm just going to do house jams. I'm not even going to do concerts. I'm going to be like, who wants
0: to come over? House concerts are so awesome. I love that. I look forward to that day. Now here looking forward so yeah. we're we're entering our our second year of, you know, still being limited in what we're able to do and still having mm-hmm. to pivot. What words of advice now that people have gone through a year, have made changes, have pivoted, what would be your words of advice just for the for year number 2 because it's not over. Like it's far from over. Yeah, I think
1: my first thing is stop waiting for it to be over. Oh, right. Just stop waiting and just be like, all right, here we are. Mm -hmm. And um, if, if it's helpful for you to make time to mourn and grieve what has been lost, please do so. Like if you, I have a meditation time an ideation thinking through dreamy daydreamy time booked into my calendar that I do several times a week and that's the time that I give myself to cry about what's lost. Mm, mm-hmm. That's the time that I give myself to be mad at the universe, you know, and shake my fist at the Lord, if you will. <laughs> and um, that's the time that I, I, I make space to be upset about it mm. so that when I'm making decisions, mm. It doesn't cloud every decision I make about moving forward. Right. And I had to learn, I mean, I had to learn that the hard way several years ago with another kind of deeply traumatic personal experience. So mm-hmm. I'm lucky that I kind of had that knowledge to do that. But if, if that's where you're at and you're still, you know, you're still, or you're continuing to have a mourning and grieving process, please mm-hmm. make time for it. Don't ignore it. Don't try to shove it out. Don't try to be like, well, it's been a year. I should be over it by now. Whatever. All of that. None of that. Make space to mourn and cry and be upset. So that's the first. And then. Mm. Mama panties.
0: Mm. Put on the mama
1: panties and make the decisions.
0: Get to work.
1: Get to work. So first set of advice is stop, you know, stop trying to wait change the perspective from waiting for it to be over Mm. to this is what we do now. And this is how I shall run my business. Um, Then I would say do a complete overview of what, again, what is working and what is not and get real brutally honest. And I, I mean, I literally do this. I'm holding up my notebook for Nikki Mm -hmm. to see. I literally do this on a notebook where I draw a line down the middle. And I say with every offer that I have, Mm -hmm what works about it? What doesn't work about it with, and then my overall business model, what's working, what's not working. Mm -hmm. And then I, I usually like, I look over it and I was like, well, then I have to decide, well, am I willing to do the work to change that? Like, will the benefit of, of changing this, pivoting this outweigh the work? Mm -hmm. What's the return on investment of me changing this? Right. And, um, then not only the financial return on investment, but the emotional return on investment. Ooh, and I have—I am very heart-driven, if you will. I know entre- there's like a whole entrepreneur thing, heart, heart-centered, heart-driven, <laughs> right? Um, I'm very heart-driven and in- intuition-driven and I'm very service driven. So when I look at ROI, in addition to the money, I look at how is this really bringing the impact that I want, that I say I want to bring. Mm -hmm. And is the pain of knowing that it's not working stronger (laughs) or weaker Mm -hmm. than the pain of going through the change that usually takes a long while. So I just pivoted, one of my major revenue streams and it took me over a year. I knew something was off in this revenue stream, but I couldn't put my finger on what, mm-hmm. and then the pandemic hit. Ah. And I did this revenue stream in the old, in the model that it was in and that sealed the deal for me. Never again, this cannot do, this is not working. I don't like it. I don't know exactly what I don't like about it yet but this is not the, the thing I want to give. This is not my best self. It's not getting the best out of other people. It's not good enough. Literally, I would say that to my husband. I walk around like a grumpy person. It's not good enough. It's just not good enough. We've got affection. It. It's just not good enough. And he would be like, what is not good enough? And I'm like, I don't know, but something's not good enough. And, um, and it was a deep intuition. It wasn't a self-judgment. Deep knowing something has to change, and a- and after the pandemic, that's when I was like, "We got to change this thing for hell or high water." I don't know what we're gonna do. And the team was so on board. They're like, "Okay, great, just tell us what to do." And I was like, "I don't know yet. Sorry." <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: um, but isn't that and- true? I'm just gonna interject. Isn't that true? Of the pandemic. The pandemic forced all of us to change. We had no choice. And the things that probably weren't serving us prior to the pandemic were the ones that, the things that, you know, it just, everybody was so upset because it took them out of their comfort zone and it made them look at their businesses. And Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, for the first time, you looked at your business. (sighs) Woo, tell the truth. Right. So, how many people joined Seco within like the first six
1: months of the pandemic? Oh, see, right there. Yeah. And, you know, and that taught me something too. like, we need to up our game around training. We need to up our game around communicating with members about what's available to them. We need Mm -hmm. to up our game in all of these ways because we weren't as prepared as we could have been Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to support people who were not prepared. Right. You know, like those first three months of getting people online. Of helping people just Mm -hmm. figure out how to be online was Mm -hmm. like it was intense. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: People were scared. And the team was just like, we were rushing around just like, jump on zoom with me right now. Okay. We're going to have a zoom meeting. Okay. Everybody, I'm going to walk through loom videos and like all of that, just getting everybody to a place where they even knew how to change a setting. Sure. And now everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, toss, toss of the hair. I know how to, (laughs) it's great, it's fantastic. I mean, now we've got like members like Eden and Wendy, like presenting at national conferences about clean feet and soundjack and all of Mm -hmm. this. You know, so it's like, it did force everybody to change for the better, but man, it was not comfortable. It was scary. And you felt that too, teachers listening, right? You felt that too. Like, I've got to get this thing going now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I'm doing and the students don't know what they're doing and nobody knows what they're doing. And it's scary. And I'm supposed to lead them through this. Um, We all we're not the same. It's not going. We're never going to go back. There's no going back. It's new. It's different. Mm -hmm. We are different. Mm -hmm. And that's lean into that.
0: So second piece of advice, lean into being different now. Mm -hmm embrace the growth you know it's interesting there's been there's a lot of conversations on the forums like people are like i don't know if i'll ever go back to in-person lessons
1: tons of people and that's where i like to step in and i say okay great it's fine that you don't want to go back to in-person lessons but let's be clear an online business is different than a brick and mortar business Mm -hmm. so you are going to have to change a lot of things in Mm -hmm. terms of your business marketing because at some point you'll have like word of mouth the way that we would normally in a brick and mortar. Um, But then there's like another heightened level of marketing where you have to get more specific about your ideal client, because Mm -hmm. now you have like a million people that are potentially looking for you and Mm -hmm. SEO has to be different. You just use marketing differently. It's a totally different way of connecting with potential clients. So I'm like, stay online, do whatever you want. Also be aware that when you go, when we go back to in-person, that that's actually going to be a sales indicator, right? Mm. People are literally, I mean, people are already emailing me and being like, are you a teacher that does in-person lessons? We're interested in in in-person lessons. And I'm like, no, I am not. Right. So already it's become a more legitimate um, sales and marketing um, niching Mm. thing, if -hmm. you will. Who's who's online? Who's not? Sure.
0: This is um, this is this is always. It's always great to talk to you. And it's it's you, whenever you're talking, my my. I'm I'm just replaying my entire year of of all the opportunities, all the challenges. And I do hope that, um, you know, for teachers that are embracing change and are, are just really working at, you know, find this inspiring. But I also want to, I want to send a virtual hug to teachers out there that are just really, you know, still, still struggling through this and, and doing the best that they can. And I hope that it was helpful to, to hear all of these scenarios. If you had to give them one last big cheerleader, motivational thought, what would it be?
1: I will leave you with my favorite poem from the, from the Japanese poet Oh. The barn has burnt down, and now
0: I see the moon. Wow. You just gave me goosebumps. Michelle, thank you so much. You are a valued expert and a wonderful guest, and um, I thank you for your passion in serving our community and helping teachers navigate the good, the bad, and the ugly in their in their lives and in their businesses. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. It's always an
1: extreme pleasure to just chat with you and share our hearts together.
0: A very special thank you to my dear friend Michelle Marquardt-Devoe. If you would like to uh, find and follow her, you can check out the show notes and uh, uh, check out all the wonderful offerings that Michelle has. As always, I want to encourage everybody to visit our website. Whether you are teaching online or in person, we we are so excited. To share incredible resources for you for your students we have partnered with amazing children's composers we now offer wonderful repertoire and I hope that you will take advantage of our single song downloads they are so fun and convenient my friends my colleagues may 2021 be a strong wonderful uh, year with new opportunities for you for your students for your studio as always I'm wishing you inspired teaching and happy singing. Made by Canoe Music Productions.